Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three and three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, so a lot of times, Raja, I get accused of being too much ACC and anti-SEC. Okay. okay. And I don't like that. I like to be fair and give everybody a voice. So you know what I had to do on our bowl preview special? I had to get an SEC voice to come on here. And he's bigger than that because he's a national voice now in the national media. That's Aaron Murray, former Georgia quarterback. He's currently a football analyst with uh, CBS Sports. You can follow him at Aaron Murray 11 on Twitter. You can listen to him on his uh, podcast, the Punt and Pass podcast with Drew Butler. It's available anywhere you can find podcasts. He's killing it. I remember, Aaron, talking to you on College Football Live Right when you were coming out of Georgia, and I don't know if you remember this, but I told you, I'm like, whenever you want to, you can kill it in broadcasting, and that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, it's been a fun transition. I appreciate you guys having me on today, but it's been it's been a great year, a uh, transition from getting knocked around by 320-pound guys to being up in the booth or in the studio, so my body, after a fall, actually feels the best it's felt in about 20 years, which is a good thing, and uh, having a great time doing it, really. CBS is a great company. They've taught me a lot. I've learned a lot this year, and, and hopefully just going to keep getting better and better. But it's been a great, great season, as everyone knows, to be following college football, to be covering these games, to be seeing all the excitement around the bowl games, the, the final four, the playoffs. So uh, hopefully this, this next few weeks will be just as exciting. Before we get to actually the bowls and breaking those down, I just want to – we had a couple questions for you. And I, one for me was we had the same coach. Mark Richt was my quarterback and offensive coordinator – when I was at Florida State, he was your head coach when you were at Georgia. Uh, is it any surprise to you that he's moved on to Miami and had as much success as he's had? No, and, and you want to look back to his last season at Georgia. I mean, it was a 10-win season for the dogs. So it's kind of crazy. It's a little bit of a head-scratcher for everyone how you, you get rid of a coach who just had 10 wins, has done so much not only on the field, but I think what's what's most important with Coach Rick and, and what's most impressive is what he does off the field with the community how involved he is, giving back, giving his time, making sure his players are giving back. So it was a little bit of shock, I think, for everyone. Uh, but he had an awesome tenure, 15 years there at the University of Georgia, won some, won some big games, won some SEC championship games. We got close a couple times again to the Natty, but no surprise. I mean, he's a phenomenal coach, and you want to talk about just so much talent down there in South Florida. Obviously, he's from down in Boca Raton. He understands where to go when it comes to recruiting. And I think he's only going to continue building that team each and every year uh, to be just as dominant as, say, like a Clemson in the ACC. Aaron, you just you just talked about like all the talent down here in South Florida. But first, I don't know if you caught Danny trying to take credit for your like your your broadcasting career there off the top. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking credit for it. I have an eye for talent. No, all right, fair enough. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Here's my question, man, and it's it's it doesn't really have much to do with the current bowl situation. But you came out of Tampa, right? Like five star recruit. Yeah, I came out of Tampa. Did did um, yeah, came out of Tampa, Florida. How many of those uh, Florida major Florida programs were 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 after you? I have to assume all of them were. And what was like like the deciding factor to go out of state? Yeah, I pretty much uh, all the big schools in Florida, uh, and it was fun going through the process. Um, Florida State, I think they got EJ Manuel the year before, so that kind of he was a big time recruit. So I was like, hey, I don't really want to go somewhere where they just got a big time guy the year before. Uh, just, you know, kind of didn't make sense to me. And, and I really wanted to go SEC. I really wanted to go in that conference. Obviously, it's the, 
in my opinion, the best conference out there. And it was during my time in recruiting. Uh, and I wanted to go somewhere close to home. Uh, so really for me, it came down to Florida and Georgia. And the deciding factor really was the offense. Uh, Georgia's offense, I thought, fit me a little bit better uh, schematically. And also had the opportunity to get in there and play at an early age, which I did. I got to play all four years, which was awesome. And uh, it just worked out beautifully. And then obviously when I was getting recruited, Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator at Florida. And all the rumors about him you know, possibly leaving in the near future, and it ended up being true with, it, with him going to Mississippi State. Uh, so I think a lot of these guys look at it like, hey, I'm not just committing to a, a program, but I'm committing to a head coach, an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. And for me in Florida, I knew Dan was probably going to be on his way out at some point in the near future. So you played with your brother, Josh. And when I think of great brother combinations, like teammate brother combinations, you're up there. Like, I think you guys are one of the tops because you, you could go and even just overall great brother combinations. I think you think Manning, Rogers, Murray's. Are you, are you down with that? Are you in the, are you in the top three of brother combinations in sports? Well, I know, I know us and the Rogers, we, we can throw a little bachelor in there yes. as well. So we, I, I tell you what, we're very dynamic, the Murray's and the Rogers. So we, we do it all from reality TV to sports. And, and Josh wasn't just a, I mean, he played a little bit of football, but he was actually a second-round draft pick right out of high school uh, by the Milwaukee Brewers. So he was a phenomenal athlete, great baseball player. And then he was done playing. He's, he's that athletic. He decided to finish up his degree at Georgia and, and walk on the football team for a couple of years, play a little special teams, play a little defense. So he had fun. It was good having your big brother up there kind of watching after you, making sure I didn't do anything too stupid on or off the field because that's it's very easy to get in trouble at Georgia, as we all have seen lately. <laughs> um, but he, he, it was it was definitely fun having him up there. Yeah, that's uh, I would I could have used a big brother in my life when I went away to college. <laughs> yeah. That would have helped a little bit. Um, I got a quick question off the off the topic. So you've been podcasting, right? The what, what is it called? The pass punt punt and pass, pass punt podcast. and pass yeah. podcast. And you've been doing it. Drew's the main guy, so we had to put the punt in there first. I got you. <laughs> the punt and pass. That's the first time ever a punter will get top billing the over punter. a quarterback. You got to throw him a bone yeah. sometimes. So you've been doing it since <laughs> August, and we just started. And I'm brand new to this. So you got any tips for me in terms of podcasting? Yeah, we're brand new too. I mean, we've been doing it for three months now, and and we're having a blast. I think it's not only been fun to do it with Drew, one of my close buddies, uh, but it's just been. I think very beneficial with me for the, my CBS work, whether it's uh, in studio or calling games, just the more opportunities I get to just speak about football, to learn the timing, uh, especially with him being kind of the quote unquote play by play guy, uh, me being the color guy, it's, it's made it fun. It's been great learning. And, and for us, we just try to be as interactive as possible, whether it's taking fan questions every week, uh, whether it's actually going out there and doing those podcasts live. We've done that two or three times where we've gone to different venues in Atlanta uh, and done done live podcasts where we're just interacting, having fun with the fans, taking questions live, and that's made it really enjoyable for all of us. All right, let's get to our picks and our, our bowl preview because we've got some good ones this year, and I have not been a fan of the 41 bowl games. I think it's way too much. We've seen some awful ones leading up to, but what I can't Wait, hold on because oh, oh, I was going to ask that question. My bad. <laughs> What's your take on that? Like, are you, are you, For Aaron? yeah, Aaron, like they're the blue blood bowls, right? We know. And you, I mean, you're probably partial like Danny, but I went to a small school, so I don't really have a beef with the 49 odd bowls that are out there. What's your take on it? I think it's too many. It's just crazy. Oh. I think it's. <laughs> it's actually a little bit funny seeing the name of these games. I think that kind of cracks me up a little bit because they're just some random 
random bowl games and random uh, destinations against teams that obviously I don't believe deserve to be in bowl games. I mean, you're talking about teams with six and six, six records where you're like, you, you know, the majority of your wins weren't even great wins in the first place, but now you have an opportunity to play in the bowl game. It just dilutes it a little bit. It doesn't make it as special to be in these type of games. So I think they need to cut down a little bit more. I think they need to make it a little bit more like you actually have earned something. I can't tell you a six and sixteen feels great about going to a bowl game. Like they should not feel like they deserve an opportunity to play in that game. Bam. There uh, you have it. Like We're on two, the same page. Two blue so here's, blood quarterbacks. So I did a little bit of math. If you just made the requirement seven wins. Yeah. So you had to be seven and five, which isn't that I mean that should you know it's not that great of an accomplishment, but it's better than uh six and six. You could cut the balls from forty one down to thirty. Which I think yeah. is a, I think it's a reason I would love to see twenty, but I think thirty is a pretty good compromise. Gotcha. All right, let's get to some of the big ones, the ones that people will be watching and the players should be invested in. Let's start it off with the Cotton Bowl. This one to me is a great matchup because I think, and I'm also a proponent of the eight team playoff. Like I would love to see eight teams, and this one has that feel. They're both teams that were right on the cusp. They were both conference champions. It's USC ranked number eight against Ohio State number five. Why should people watch this game, Aaron? I think it'll be a fun game. Like you said, two big teams, and, and I think just the name recognition. You look at it on paper, and it, don't even look at records, don't look at players, but just USC versus Ohio State. And I think that just gets me really excited just to watch it because you know the tradition, how good these teams have been in their history. Uh, and then obviously they both have great teams. And, and for me, I'm looking at the quarterback position. Two guys, JT Barrett, obviously a guy who is a fifth-year senior, uh, his last run uh, wants to go out there and, and prove that he not only is, is a great quarterback in college, but also has the opportunity to go into the NFL draft next year. And obviously you have Sam Darnold, a potential number one quarterback picked in the draft next year. And, and I want to see him because he really early on this season struggled. I mean, he was throwing two interceptions left and right almost every single game. Second half of the season has gotten better. He's gotten more accurate. He's cut down on his interceptions. So this is another opportunity for him to go out there today demonstrates to these coaches that, hey, I am maybe a potential first pick in the draft, depending on who has it, which it looks like Cleveland will. I'm a first pick in the draft. If not, I'm a top five pick. I deserve it. Because I do think he has the intangibles. He has the ability to go out there and make all the throws. I just think he's been a little bit prone to interceptions this year, like I've been talking about. Uh, So if he can go out there and demonstrate against a very good Ohio State Buckeyes defense, that he can go out there and make the throws necessary to show off that he's ready for that next level, uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to, that, that quarterback matchup. Do, do you think that Sam should stay? Like, what's your gut say? If you were in his camp, do you think he should stay another year? Does he need the polish, or do you think he should go? I think he should stay in the year, in the fact that I think he has some more work to do to, to become a better quarterback. Um, but I think if he wants to look at the, the landscape of quarterbacks heading into the NFL draft this year, I think it would be a good year for him because there really isn't a ton of top talent where I think a first-round draft pick is necessarily going to be used on a lot of these guys. So, if he wants to look around and say, okay, there's less competition, I'm probably going to be the lead dog along with uh, Josh Rosen here at UCLA, where it's, I know I'm going to be a top 10, top 15 pick. If I wait a year, maybe the talent pool gets a little bit, bit deeper. It may be a little bit tougher for me to jump into that top 10, top 15. But I think from a, from a playing standpoint, from a getting better, uh, I think reps, just like everyone, I think the more reps you get, the better you're going to be. Uh, so I think he needs to continue getting more reps showing that he can be a little bit more accurate, showing that he can cut down those turnovers a little bit. I think the, the pro scouts will love that. But at the end of the day, I still think he'll be that top first half of the first round pick 
in this upcoming year. Ohio State's a seven-point favorite. Do you think they win? I think Ohio State wins. I think they've played better towards the end of the season, uh, especially after that brutal loss to Iowa. Uh, I think they have a better defense. I think they're um, a little bit more athletic offensively. Uh, I think JT Barrett has demonstrated, because uh, I question him a little bit, could he play in the big-time games? Can he step up, especially after the loss last year to Clemson in the, in the Final Four? Uh, he didn't play well versus uh, Oklahoma earlier this season. But as of late, he's played a little bit better. Hopefully he's a little bit more healthy. He was obviously having the surgery before the Wisconsin game. Wasn't his full self. Still made some throws to win that game versus a very good Wisconsin football team. So I think he'll be rocking and rolling. And, and I got Ohio State win that ball game. Yeah, more importantly, he'll have some time to get healthy too. After uh, the Big Ten championship game, playing in less than a week after he had surgery. Uh, let's go to another Big Ten Pac-12 matchup. The Fiesta Bowl has Penn State against Washington. I feel like this is one of the bigger bowls that's kind of flying under the radar that people aren't talking about. But I think you should tune in because I think Saquon Barkley is going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. And he's going to be doing it against the Washington defense. It's probably one of the most underrated defenses in the country. Who do you like in this game? Uh, this is a tough one for me, and I, I do agree with you that this has flown under the radar a little bit. I think it's just because of, I think people were so excited about Penn State and 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 what they were doing early in the season and the chance of them being. And uh, I actually had them in my preseason playoff uh, position, one of the four, final four. Uh, it's just they've been kind of hot and cold, and Barkley's been the same way. I mean, he had great games where he's rushing the ball well, he's catching the ball well, he have a kickoff return. Uh, and then all of a sudden, then, uh, the next game, he's only getting 40, 50 yards rushing. Um, and Tracy McSorley, I like him. I don't love him as a quarterback. I think he's not the most accurate. I, I think he has the ability to be creative with his legs. I think he is somewhat of a gamer where he'll make some plays here and there. But play in and play out, I don't think he's extremely accurate. I really like Jake Browning, though, from Washington. Really hasn't had these stats that he's had these past couple of years. He, he definitely lost some of his top playmakers on the outside after his junior year last year. But it'll be a fun game. Uh, two big-time teams, number 11 versus number 9. Uh, it's going to be tough. I think I like Washington. I think I like Washington because they've, they've been playing well on defense. Uh, and Penn State has just not been consistent enough for me offensively week in and week out, uh, especially from the running back position, Saquon's position, to really get me too, too excited. So I like Washington in this game. Uh, and what they can do. And, and obviously you can't forget about Washington and Gaskin, the running back as well, over 1,200 yards rushing this season. All right. Um, admittedly, huge Miami Hurricane fan. A little disappointed that you didn't come play for the Canes. But um, <laughs> in the Orange Bowl, we got Wisconsin, Miami. Wisconsin's the number two defense in the country. Miami's turnover chain, turnover chain. Uh, Malik Rozier, shaky at quarterback. But Alex Hornenbrook hasn't been a, a world beater either. What, what, what do you think in this one? I tell you what, Hornybrook just killed me. I mean, I was saying in the championship game, just just be, just be, make a couple plays. Just don't do anything crazy. Don't make any uh, stupid mistakes. Don't throw any interceptions. And obviously, he did not have a great game at all. Uh, and he's been like that all year. If they just had someone a little bit more accurate at the quarterback position, that team would have been in the Final Four. I think they would have beaten Ohio State. He just did not have the game that they needed. But it, it all depends on – Rozier. I mean, what Rozier are you going to see this game? Are you going to see a guy who's a little bit more accurate and not turn the ball over? Or are you going to get the guy who's going to be throwing one or two interceptions, putting them in a bad position? Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see the, hopefully the turnover chain one more time this year. I don't know if they can bring it back again next year. So hopefully they go out with a bang right now and, and get two or three interceptions from Hornybrook. But 
I like Wisconsin in this game. I think great defense, a great running game. Jonathan Taylor is a big freshman running back. I think he'll have a, a great game versus Miami defense, uh, kind of step up from, from not having a big game in, in, in the conference championship. And like I said, Rogier and the turnovers, the inconsistency from him going against a very good Wisconsin defense definitely scares me. Hey, let me ask you a question because I listen to Mark Richt a lot on the radio, and whenever they ask him about Rogier, you know, he's, he's – He's really noncommittal, and he and he kind of talks about like throwing perfect balls versus balls that are just catchable. And you, you you played for him. Like what what would you imagine his biggest beef with Rogier is as a quarterback? I agree. You as a quarterback, and especially when you're at these big time universities where you have so much talent from receivers, running backs, tight ends, and and just going back to to Georgia and, and Jake Fromm right now. The one thing I've loved about him his freshman year is he gives his guys an opportunity to make a play. He, he doesn't have to be perfect. He understands that not every pass needs to be perfectly right in the money. I got five-star receivers, four-star receivers. If I just throw it just anywhere in their vicinity, they're going to make a play for me. And, and there's a reason why these guys on defense play defense. There's a reason why they play cornerback and safety. They don't track the ball well. They don't adjust well with the balls in the air, and they can't catch as well. So give your guys an opportunity to make plays. Rougier has not done that well enough this year. I think maybe, like Coach Rick said, he might be pressing a little bit too much to be perfect when you just have to understand, man, I got so much talent around me here at the University of Miami. Just give those guys an opportunity to go out there and make plays. All right. The Peach Bowl, to me, is one of those fascinating bowls because you got Auburn versus UCF. I've been very bullish on UCF throughout the season, saying they can play with anybody. And now I'm a little bit nervous because I'm like, uh-oh, they're going to face possibly the best team in the <laughs> SEC who's not even get to play because they got bounced in the championship game. Uh, Scott Frost, another, he, like, he's taking the head job at Nebraska, and yet he's still gonna coach the Knights in this game. I have questions whether he can, is, where is he devoted? Is it gonna have an impact on this one? I love Mackenzie Milton, the quarterback for UCF. I think he's a mini ba- uh, Baker Mayfield. He's a similar style of play, but Carryon Johnson is scary, and if he's healthy and 100% after some time off after that SEC championship game, I look at Auburn as unstoppable. So I kinda look at this game and I'm like, it could either be a blowout, Auburn could dominate, or UCF could shock the world and go up against the SEC Titans and make a statement win for their program. Which, which do you see, Aaron? I tell you what, I, I, I really would love to see UCF get the win on this one. I, did, I actually had the opportunity to cover two of their games this year. Uh, their first game of the season versus FIU, and then later on in the season, I believe, versus ECU, and really love this football team. And, and every time I, I cover them, the first thing I tell everyone is these guys can play with the big boys when it comes to the skill position, when it comes to defensive backs, receivers, tight end, running, the running back killings is phenomenal. Like you said, Mackenzie Milne really has stepped his game up in this second year under Coach Frost. 35 touchdowns. He's been accurate. I think he's uh, just done a tremendous job uh, giving his guys the ability. They have a great tight end, great receivers. The question I have about this team, and, and which I've posed, because like I said, I believe they have the skill, the speed, the talent to go against these SEC teams. I don't know if they have the size up front. Uh, defensively, their defensive line, I believe they do. They have some big 300-pounders in the middle. Their offensive line, I don't see them being able to get any kind of penetration or stopping that Auburn defensive line. Because every time I look at Auburn, the first thing my eyes do, they go straight to those big guys up front. And they probably have the biggest defensive line in all college football. They're fast. They're strong. They're physical. I don't think this UCF offensive line is going to be able to Open up running lanes. I don't think they're going to be able to protect Mackenzie Milton. And I think this Auburn team, they're going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder 
wanted to prove to the nation that they are the best team in the SEC, even though they did have that horrible loss to Georgia. Uh, I think they're going to get after UCF a little bit. I do think just UCF speed, getting Adrian Killens the ball creatively, whether on jet sweeps, whether on tosses, whether putting him in the slot, I think he'll be able to make some plays against Auburn's secondary. But I just think at the end of the game, Auburn's just too physical, too talented, too deep. And if you get a, a healthy carry on Johnson, I think you'll have a big day as well. Real quick, you mentioned it in the beginning of that uh, answer that you saw UCF versus FIU. Do you remember the score of that game? My boy Rajah played at FIU. Do you remember the oh, score of that God, game? It was a blowout. Yeah, six- I think that's one of those games that you hate as an announcer because I think it was about 40 to nothing at the end of the second, you know, midway through the second quarter. You're just like, oh, well, where's the uh, – Where's the blowout material? Let's get ready to just talk about contents for two 61-17. That was the score. This is oh, just for a minor for Raja. I appreciate that. <laughs> many, many thanks to both of you all for that. All right. Let's get to the granddaddy of them all. And I know this one, uh, you may be a little biased, but, uh, obviously Baker no, Mayfield. I can't be biased. You can't be biased. Of course not. But Baker. <laughs> I can't be biased. It's, not my, it's my job not to be biased anymore. So. <laughs> um, any Heisman hangover for Baker or do you, do you, uh, you foresee him having a great game and, and what you think Jake Fromm can step up and respond? Maybe a little bit of a Heisman hangover. I, uh, I think those guys, their schedule, I'm sure is just crazy from interviews and, and off the field, uh, responsibilities, uh, that they are, they're having to, to do, but I think he'll get back going. Uh, maybe a, a rocky start to the game, but I mean, he's just so talented. And it's not just him, it's his offensive line. I mean, his his line is, if not the best, if one of the best offensive lines in the country. They got all-American tackle. They have a great tight end. They have some speedy receivers on the outside. And the big thing with him, if you give him four or five seconds in the pocket, he's demonstrated that he's, a, he's an extremely accurate quarterback. He's extremely creative with his feet throwing the football on the run. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm going to the game. I'm really excited to see him live in person playing on the field. And, and the, the, the tough part going against him, and, and like I said, the offensive line, you can't just rush four. And Georgia's defensive line, they're a good defensive line. The defensive ends are great. I don't think if you bring just four, you're going to be able to put enough pressure on him. You're going to have to bring a fifth rusher. You're going to have to bring a sixth rusher, which then puts one-on-one opportunities on the outside. And, and this Oklahoma between the tight end and the receivers are a lot more athletic, a lot better at that position than this Auburn, this, the Auburn offense was. Auburn, they're a great running team. Jared Stidham is a great quarterback, I believe. But I don't think they had great receivers that Georgia were able to match up better one-on-one on the outside. I think Oklahoma's better at receiving. I think that if they, Georgia does bring the pressure, I think Oklahoma can hit some big plays down the football field. So that worries me a little bit. Uh, I believe the key for Georgia is going to be just play keep away. You know, run the ball, run it all, run the ball, hike the ball with about five to ten seconds to go on the clock, eat that clock, keep Baker Mayfield on the sideline. And if you get that time possession to 35 minutes, I think that's a huge win for Georgia. So you have Georgia winning then? Oh, man. I don't know yet. I don't think Oklahoma has proven they can stop the run, and, and I don't think they've played this style of offense. Obviously, you go to the, the Big 12, it's, it's all just throw, 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 and, and, and I think Georgia's going to bring them a new dynamic of downhill running, play-action passing that I don't think they've seen this year. I think it's a huge advantage. Georgia offensive line has shown all year how dominant they are. they got three dominant running backs. Like I said, I think they're going to win the time of possessions, and I think Baker Mayfield on that offense is going to feel – 
the need to press a little bit because they're not going to be on the field as much as they're usually used to. Uh, so I think that's when mistakes start to happen. So that's why I, right now I'm picking Georgia. I still got a little bit more, uh, you know, sleepless nights to think about this, but I think it's going to be a great game. Two very different football teams. All right, let's move on to Alabama Clemson part three in the Sugar Bowl. It was very, uh, I would say polarizing that Bama got in, Ohio State didn't, but ultimately I don't know if either team really had that strong of a case when you looked at it, but Bama in any way, in any way got into the game. How do you see Bama Clemson the third time? How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I think these are two, I think honestly, unhealthy Alabama might be one of the best teams in the country, and, and hopefully they're getting healthier. They're going to be feeling well by the time they face Clemson. And then obviously Clemson uh, defensively, they're just a bunch of studs. Uh, and then their quarterback, Kelly Bryant, gotten better each and every week. And, and I'm excited to see how these defenses match up against two very athletic quarterbacks. Something we saw last year uh, really killed both defenses. Jalen Hurts um, did a great job, especially in the second half, using his legs, converting. But the big thing for Alabama is can they be better on third down? Can they get in the third and manageable? Can they find ways to just convert a third and three, a third and four, utilize a tight end? maybe utilize a screen pass, uh, just continue to move the chain, something they've not been doing well this season or even last year versus Clemson. So uh, now I'm excited to see what Kelly Bryant can do in the, in the big-time stage, um, You know, showing that he's ready to be really that dominant, dominant quarterback in Clemson history. So I'm excited. Two great defenses, a healthy Alabama, two dynamic quarterbacks uh, with some great talent on the outside. It should be a fun game to watch. I'm really as soon as that, I already talked to my buddies. As soon as that Georgia um, Oklahoma game is over with, we're we're booking it. We're gonna straight to the uh, some kind of restaurant or bar to make sure we catch that entire game because it's gonna be a great one. So are you going Georgia Bama All SEC Championship game? I am gonna go Georgia Bama All SEC Championship game. I, I think, like I said, I think Alabama right now they've had a week. They've had an extra week to get healthy. I think that's their biggest flaw. Is, especially at the linebacking position, was not what you expect from an Alabama defense. I think they have a huge chip on their shoulder. And you want to talk about just obviously the distance travel. I mean, it's, it's, it's a close trip to them to get down to the uh, to New Orleans. Uh, they've had plenty of time to, to get ready for it. And I think Nick Saban just does not mess around when it comes to gaining some revenge. And obviously they want some big revenge from, from Clemson. Uh, and I think that they'll, they will contain Kelly Bryant in this game. All right. I'm fading you. I'm going Oklahoma Clemson final, final game. Cause I can't, if, no if, we, SEC see it all, if we see all I SEC, see what, if, my head might explode. <laughs> well, I'm telling you what, if, if we see no SEC team in there, it's a big loss for the SEC. So they need to at least get one in there, uh, to kind of feel a little bit credible to, to you know, kind of keep that thing going that, Hey, we are the best conference out there because if they don't have, they don't have anyone representing them, that is not a good look at all. Uh, so hopefully one of the one of the big dogs gets in, but uh, either team is very deserving. All four of these teams are great football teams. There there is a reason why they are in the Final Four. So I'm just hoping for two really good games and, and not like a blowout like we saw last year with Clemson and Ohio State. Yeah, no doubt about it. He is Aaron Murray, college football analyst for CBS Sports Network. You can follow him at Aaron Murray 11 on Twitter. Make sure you head over uh, check out his podcast, The Punt and Pass Podcast with Drew Butler. Make sure you subscribe, download, check them out. Aaron, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the ball game. All right. Thanks, Aaron.